Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. <coughs> and Andrew seems no. to have a cold. <laughs> hey, I'm Andrew Horowitz. How are you? Good to see right. you. Good to know you. Hey, it's January 17th, 2023. Mm. This isn't going by so fast. I mean, it's only the 17th that we've had. Yeah, it's already halfway over. Halfway over. We had like three days off. We have Martin Luther King Day off. We had the, 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 well, Christmas Eve, that was one thing. But then the Monday off for New Year's, it was like, there's there's no, there's no work going on. It was was raining a lot during this era, so. Have you had any adverse weather? Because there was talk about, all sorts of weather issues. And then we said that last week you didn't have any problems. Anything else? No. I mean, I live on a hill that is a solid rock. What does that have to do with the weather? I'm sorry. I must have missed that. All of weather issues are all mudslides and flooding. Mm. Yeah, it rained. So you're like in in a above ground bunker, weather bunker. Well, might as well be. Mm. You know, I have uh, somebody I've been contacting. Remember that guy who had shadow stats? Remember John Williams, that name? That yeah, we, John Williams. You know, he lives in Petaluma. Well, I know he lives around here somewhere. I thought it was San Francisco. Yeah, I, I just contacted him because this new way of looking at the uh, CPI, they're going to be a new calculation methodology. <laughs> How are they going to? F- <laughs> yeah, well, look at yeah, the timing. How unusual, right? Yeah. What are we going to do here to make it look like something's not happening What that's happening? You know, what's funny is the last time they did this was the 80s. And I mean, coincidence of all coincidences, we have, again, very high inflation. And they're going once again in to do a little bit of tinkering with yeah. the number. Tweaking. <laughs> something, something. So did you talk to Williams about this? I have not. I'm going to him. He's going to be on the TDI podcast. I have. I just emailed him again tonight. Uh, we went back and forth, and we're going to try to pick up a date. We have uh, my scheduler scheduling. Oh, he'll have some good stories about this, I'm sure. Yeah, should be fun. The way he sees it, everything should be done the way it was done in 1937. Yeah, I mean, there is something to be said about the changes in things during that period, right? There's there's been things that have changed, and you got to probably yeah, it was like them. changing the Dow Jones constantly. Right, the Dow Jones Industrial. Average. Yeah, what in, what industry what industry are we talking about? Average. Yeah. Now it's like the the the, the Dow Jones uh, technology big cap technology average is what it is. Yeah, pretty much. It, it dropped four hundred points today, primarily due actually to financials. It was Travelers and uh, Goldman that tanked the Dow today. The mm-hmm. Nasdaq was actually holding up pretty well with, NAS, with a couple of companies like Apple and Google holding in okay. Tesla. 7% or something like that, but, um, skyrocketing yeah, kind of crazy, but we are in a, in, in, in a, in a rally mode. I mean, January has been a pretty good month so far, about four and a half percent on the various indices up, which is good pretty much across the board. Not, not to leave out the fact that Bitcoin is up like, I don't know, 25% this year. Yeah. It's way up already. So, you know, on, on all this nonsense of, the FTX guy and what's going on with these various firms and then the Winklevoss and Winklevi and Genesis and Gemini. They're looking at now securities fraud because of the tokens that they did. And they did, a you know, these guys, I got to tell you, these Bitcoin boys are tricky dickies. 
they did, because they were exempt from securities law, the things that went on are horrifying. Now, you're going to probably say, like what? But I'm Like what? <laughs> I thought you'd say that. And I don't have an exact answer for you, but the things that I'm reading where they took token, they, they tokenized certain things and they would buy it with one coin and then bring it back and then lend it out somewhere else and then leverage it up. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. What went on w- during number one, the, uh, the, the loose money liquidity times. And then two, I think the times when, uh, when there's a lack of regular, re- lack of supervision. It's mm, like having kids running amok. It's what you do. Why not? Right? Yeah, you run amok when you get the chance. That's what the reason we have these regulatory agencies, because our nature is to run amok. So so maybe all these Bitcoin evangelists were smart that they knew this was going on. Look at it this way. And all they were doing was riding a known uh money train for a period that they knew was going to eventually fail, but couldn't get out in time. Well, that's the problem with pump and dump. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davos is going on right now. The uh, economic confab in Switzerland. Yeah. They're talking about, of course, uh, climate change. Cause that's an important thing to talk about at a, uh, well, economic... that's one way to enslave the world. Yep. ESG is being defended, which I think it should be defunded, not defended. Well, it's funny because on the No Agenda show, we had a, a listing that uh, that the uh, these people put up uh, for uh, the World Economic Forum put up for uh, as an ad for employment uh, for hostesses, and the, in there was very specific that you must be a certain height and blonde. Really? So yeah, yeah, and so this is their this is their idea of ESG. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then they'll 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 blame it when somebody finds out they'll blame it on, you know, somebody doing it the wrong thing, terrible, you know they're they're way above they're they're just uh, you know beyond reproach and uh, this 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 whole idea of what they're doing it, it it's it's a big just a, it's a slut fest of money whores, as as I say at least. China released their population studies. Very fascinating. We have some charts to go over tonight. Mega Millions, uh, more than $1.3 billion was won by one winner in a state that never had a winner before. Yeah, well, they got a big winner. Yep. Biden classifies documents. Wow, I got to tell you something. Not to get into a political discussion, but let's get into a stupidity discussion. It's, It's unbelievable to me that after the recent... Trump thrashing of security documents found in his house in Mar-a-Lago. That the first thing that didn't happen was some of these ex-former presidents, vice presidents, uh, Congress people, clean their shit out. Like, go in and say, okay, guys, hey, go look. Do a mock audit. Let's see if we got anything, because this can come back to really bite us. And not only was Biden's classified documents, or the classified documents found in his house, but they found it in an old office. Now, I don't know about you. What do you have in an old office? Anything? In an old office? A former office. A, 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 a office that doesn't work Nothing. Nothing. So why was there classified documents there? Carelessness. I have no, I think, well, it could have been planted. Biden wouldn't know one way or the other. Oh, that's an interesting idea. I, I think he just didn't know and he was just 
dimwit, you know, but stupid that he didn't, uh, he didn't go and, uh, you know, he tried to defend himself. He's like, you know, it was in a garage. It's in my garage. With my Corvette. Next to my Corvette. It was locked door of the garage. Is the door always locked? Well, obviously not. Oh. So the market now. Let's go to that and talk about, we mentioned that the market's in rally mode. So listen to these numbers. I'm just going to rattle them off. It's as of yesterday, but they're not much different today. Um, as, of, as of yesterday, so we're talking about the 16th. And again, today wasn't that different. Uh, S&P 500 up 4.2%. TLT, which is the long bond, meaning they're buying the long bond, taking rates down, up 7.22%. The QQQs, the uh, NASDAQ 100 ETF up 7%. EEM, Sorry. which is the uh, emerging market ETF, heavy on China, up 9%. Bitcoin up 28%. FXI, which is the Hang, Hang Seng Index, up 13%. Gold's even up 5%. Yeah. Pretty good. Now, one of the reasons is that we saw that the, the you know, the U.S. dollar, which, you know, the U.S. dollar is a basket, by the way. You know this, right? It's a basket of currencies. When you talk about the U.S. dollar in, in its, in, when they talk about the U.S. dollar in general, like the dollar's up, dollar's down, but they don't give you a, uh, another, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, competing currency. So usually you'll look at a currency, it always competes against another currency. So you have things like, for example, um, if you have the U.S. dollar versus the Japan yen, it's up, it's down. You know, the Japan the yen's up. It's yeah, down, they do whatever. that. But but there's always a contra um, currency. There's no such thing as just like a stock is up against what? It's just up. So the U.S. dollar is a basket of currencies, heavy on the euro. Then you also have the yen in there and a few others in there. But bottom line is against the the basket of currencies that is the contra currencies down one percent in 2023 already. Three months down nine percent. That's why you have gold, silver rallying, that oil's holding up against the grain. You have things that have been uh, doing well, like financials up until today. Uh, you know, energy doing pretty well because the dollar's been doing pretty pretty decent. And then on top of it, um, when it started to really come down, which was October, November, you saw that huge rally in all asset classes. So the dollar has been very important right now. Dollar weakening. So that's that's a continue. I think it's going to continue for some time, considering uh, if all of the countries are starting to catch up to where we are from a central bank standpoint. You know, with maybe you know. So, uh, but it went it went too far. If you look at the chart on the dollar, it went too far, and, and and you have this, you know, everything that every time we see something like that, that giant zip higher of an asset, it, it has the oftentimes potential to retrace. And that's what's happening. Uh, let's see what else we got. Bank earnings, uh, mixed so far. Saw some decent numbers out of, uh, companies like Morgan Stanley. Uh, Bank of America was okay. Wells Fargo actually outperformed. Goldman Sachs shit the bed. Um, but all the banks really had some problems the last few days on that. And, uh, finally, one of the big things, uh, that is happening is the bond yields are, are starting to come in. The 10-year hit 3.5% after being at 4.5% two, three months ago. And the EU, the European Union, with uh, Lagarde, who I can't stand that woman. You know, she was, uh, what, the head of, what, IMF? Was it IMF before she took on this job? Yeah, I think so. I think she was a blowhard. Is that okay to say about a woman, a blowhard? Call a woman a blowhard? Let's that- see why not. All right, well, she's blowhard's a blowhard. She's a blowhard. Um, and then it just, uh, just, just follows along whatever we do. 
Has no thoughts of her own. Well, it could be. So she, uh, they, they hinted about maybe they're only going to do a 25 basis point increase at the next meeting. Sounds familiar. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a, you know, whatever we're doing. Or maybe they're, in, they're over in Davos giving each other a little bit elbow. Hey, why don't you announce this? Let's see how it goes. <laughs> it could be. You know? Hey, I'll meet, yeah. you, I'll meet you for lunch. Uh, sure plan, she's there. Plan the release for 11.45. Let's just have a cocktail and see what happens. You know? All right. So there's a lot of talk about deflation. Have you been hearing about this? No, I have not heard anything about deflation. So there's a talk about that. Oh, and I think it's more, I think it's more market hope. And this idea that if we have a slowing economic backdrop and inflation starts to slow down, the Fed is going to put the screws again back to um, after they only released about $500 billion from their quantitative easing program, which is $8 trillion, was $8.5 trillion, uh, and, and raising rates, they're going to have to resort to reversing all that again. So, you know, commodities have really been coming down and all this. This, this is the kind of some of the murmurs you've been hearing. So I thought I'd take a look at what's happening with commodities. So this chart we have here over on uh, available on the show notes for dhunplug.com. Go to episode number 638. And chat room is about to get it right here. Uh, you'll notice that there's a one month, a three month and a one year, right? I thought I'd put just a short term back, a look back and then a longer term. Um, so natural gas is down dramatically, but crude oil is up 13% for the last year. Natural gas is down 51% in three months. Wow. Pretty amazing. That's because of the warm winter that's happening in Europe. I don't know about you, but January is kind of the start of the winter, right? right? Like no, late November, December into January. So now they're projecting the entire winter is going to be much warmer than anticipated. Not quite sure how they can do that. Well, <laughs> I okay. don't see how that works. I mean, it's cold here. Yeah. Uh, copper is down 7%, but it's up 20% in the last three months. Wheat down. But then you have soybeans up uh, 29% year over year, up 8% in three months. Corn up 32% year over year. So I'm not seeing a trend of deflation here, are you? No, there's no trend whatsoever. Yeah, it's 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 clearly... Up and maybe a little adjustment here or there. I mean, except and for except eggs for natural gas, thing will be through the roof. Eggs, yeah. What are you doing about that? You're not eating eggs. No, I, I get eggs. We have actually plenty of eggs around the San Francisco Bay Area. Might as well buy a chicken. Uh, I, well, you could get a chicken if you wanted, but uh, I haven't seen any. I mean, I've seen a couple of you know that maybe there could be more eggs for sale, but I have not seen no eggs for sale like some people are complaining about. I've never seen, never, ever seen no eggs for sale. Wasn't there like a cottage cheese thing for a while too or something? Or I don't, don't, not that I know of. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I haven't seen any kind of shortage at all. But I live in Florida, the land of plenty, right? That's for sure. <laughs> Housing <clears throat> prices, take a look at this. The question is, do we see deflation? Well, there, there's some potential for deflation over the last couple of months. You know, looking from where we were in July peaked out, where we're, this is the case Schiller. 20-home composite. Put this in the chat room. What's that? Eight, what, what does that 8% mean? So it's 8% year-over-year increase in price. This is a price. How is that deflation? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely lower than 20%, right? Yeah, but still. 
<coughs> Excuse me. And it's all cumulative. I mean, that's the thing. It's eight percent over the last year, and that which is already it doesn't help. Yeah. By the way, thank you. The cough button there. I got that cough switch that I put in last when I had COVID, and we were doing the show when I had COVID. I put yeah. that handy dandy cough switch in. Yeah. <laughs> Worked like a charm. Um. Yeah. No. This, I don't. I don't. I don't see any. Again, is it deflation? If we look at from where we were in July till now, but still on a longer term basis. And this is just an adjustment of the trend. The trend is clearly, if you could draw a line from the left to the right and just continue that slope approximately of where you saw that line way to the left back in uh, 2020, besides the fact that we saw, you know, free money accelerate the valuation of homes. Uh, it, it's a much different situation there. You know, I heard today that, talking about real estate, in San Francisco, 20%, 27% vacancy level in uh, commercial properties, office space. Is that right? I don't know. I haven't heard that, but it wouldn't surprise me. I'm surprised they have, uh, I, you know, people are, there's a big battle going on. Nobody wants to work in an office anymore out of, out of, all of a sudden. Now, nobody wants to work anymore. Let's get this clear. Well, okay. Well, let's get, let me get the nomenclature correct. People just don't want to work. They want to be paid, but they don't want to work. Yeah. They well, want to sit around. They want to surf. It's really unbelievable. Back in, back in the day, I'm going to say it again. You didn't do personal stuff at work. You just didn't. When you were at work, you were at, you you were it was your boss's time. Would you agree with that? Well, there wasn't any opportunity to do otherwise. Although I will say that when I worked for the the government, uh, I would do a lot of kind of personal stuff on the job, shopping mostly. You'd leave the office and do shopping? No, no, I was in the field. So, uh, so as you're you in go the in field, this place, you got a car, you're stop. driving around, you know, and there's something going on, you stop and go shopping. Ah, uh, gotcha. All right, so um, there was another uh, uh, point about why things are happening. I tweeted this week. I said, if you were wondering, not just a flash in the pan occurrence, yield curve clearly and definitively inverted, and we're going to discuss tomorrow. But look at this. This is look at this. This is not. This is no longer a. Oh, maybe, uh, possibly. Oh, it's only short term. It's only been there for three weeks. It only just touched, and then it, it went, you know, back in, in March of 2022, we, we got inverted for a couple of days, and then it went back up. Yeah, I remember that. So here we are since, I don't know, what, where was it since? Since Think about July Yeah, July, July of 22, we've been inverted, and it's getting worse. This is not a good trend. This no, is this is a, actually a very bad sign. Yeah, the, the, But you know what you can do? You can go in there, and you can tweak it. Oh, uh, oh, how you do that? Denial oh. mode. <laughs> like pretend it. it's something else. Well, the Fed did that already. It something, give it a, a new term for what it's doing and say it's good. Well, what the Fed did was somewhere along the lines recently, they came out with a, it was kind of interesting. They came out with a discussion that, oh, no, 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 no. The 10-2 is not really what we find to be a very predictive measure of future recessions. We think the 10-year and the three-month, which is to get the, Three month above the 10 year takes a lot of work. And by the way, we are there. The three month is higher than the than the uh, 10 year. So the three month and 10 year is inverted. So just to <laughs> well, clarify. Well, they come with something new. Yeah. So now How about you, the one day in the 10 year? 
And that's what they'll do. It's, it's so ridiculous. And, you know, nobody's, and nobody's really talked about it lately. They've talked about the inversion. Here's the thing. Uh, they talked about it, but when we saw it that last time, you know, a couple of years back, they talked about it then, and that's the last time they talked about it. Yeah. You're yeah. the only one talking about it. it. It is a very good predictor. The question is, it doesn't provide insight insight to exactly when, but it's a very good predictor of a few things. And one of the things is, whether it's, you want to say it's a recession or whatever you want to call it, this the very nature of an inverted yield curve says that liquidity is low and um, banks are not going to lend and there's tightness in the financial conditions. It is not a favorable environment for lending to go on, for loose, uh, well, I don't say loose, uh, 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 heavy, um, easy money policy. It's clearly not. Uh, and, and it's just not a good environment for business when you have things like this. A lot of businesses that run on certain profitability modules or even borrow money are paying a lot more to do so, especially the short-term overnight debt. So it slows down business. That's what it's trying to do. That's what they're, they, that's what this is all about. It's all about that. I find it peculiar. You know, I was just whispering a little bit there. I was just like, you know, it's all about that. It was reminding you, Joe Biden reminded me about something. Uh, have you have you been watching Jim Cramer at all lately? Not recently, no. Yeah, I, I can't personally stomach him. But nonetheless, uh, you know, he, he's got a quirky dude. And uh, I was watching something, and he's like, you know, I don't know. It's a, 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 a and I don't know what he's going to do. I'm like, what? what? What is that? Why is he whispering and talking like sweet nothings into the microphone kind of thing about a company? And really weird. Weird dude. It's a form of emphasis that, that Joe Biden likes to do, use. Oh, yeah. He's, you know. The old form of emphasis is to yell something. Yeah. We're going to win the war. We're going to win this war. Yeah. Come closer. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Uh, U.S. dollars. Morgan Stanley has cut his 2023 year-end forecast for the dollar to 98. We're at 102 now. Uh, so this is what, just to be clear about this, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, this is what they do. When they're wrong about their numbers, they change the game plan. They're wrong about what they had. They thought it was going to be uh, 104. Okay? And uh, now they're like, wow, it's 102. Well, how do we have a year in 104? And it's on the downslope and downtrend, so we got to change it. So they'll be wrong about this too, and then they'll change it. Somehow it will reconcile at the end of the year that we're spot on. They nailed it. <laughs> they got it right. They got it. You know, they'll be like, hey, I want to let you know something. We hit it right on. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else? Central bank policy, bond vigilantes are attacking yields in Japan. Now, this is really fascinating. One of the things that's interesting to note, if, if you're not listening and you're tuning out and you're, you're like kind of on your walk doing your thing, you're about to get out of your car, go to work, you're about to leave the bathroom, stop what you're doing because I think this honestly is one of the things that moves world markets dramatically. I think this particular central bank, the shenanigans that they pull, what they've been doing for decades now, has been the root of a lot of evil when it comes to uh, the rest of the world because we followed along with this. And that is the Bank of Japan. And the Bank of Japan benchmark on 10-year government bonds breached levels just last week of the outside range of what the central bank allowed, quote-unquote, allowed for the tenure to go to. So what they do, different than what we do, is say they say, hey, here's the deal. 
we have a 25 basis point or a half a, a quarter, um, excuse me, a quarter point rate above or below 0% that we will allow a bond yield to go to. If it goes outside that boundary or gets close to it, we will either buy or sell bonds in order to make sure it stays within that boundary. Okay, so you got that? Yep. So so that's what it's been, been, been for a while. And there was negative rates for a while. We know that. Well, they surprisingly moved to a 50 basis point or a half percent uh, above or below. So that was last week. Immediately, things went haywire over there. The yen weakened, uh, strengthened, excuse me, dramatically. So the yen was at like, what, 150 for a while? Now it's like one, what, what was the yen? 120-ish? 128? Let me look. The yen is currently uh, 128.50. Yeah, 128.50. So um, this that's a big move, you know, from 150 yeah, down, it's huge. down there. So that's the strengthening of the yen, again, helping the dollar. But the problem is that now we have no negative rates anywhere in the world, by the way. Uh, but this is a big issue because- Whatever happened to that little trend? Yeah, that's gone. That everybody, the, the bond vigilantes, the yield vigilantes, these guys that were like for a while talking about the widowmaker trade, that people go bust on, you know, shorting the yen or going long the yen, either depending on which, which side. Um, here's where it gets interesting. So- uh, there was big stress in the yield curve. It went a little bananas last week after the increase from, it took about a day or so to really bake in. But um, they, they, the Bank of Japan had to go in and do a fresh round of emergency buying worth about $10.5 billion. And, and they already hold anywhere from 89 to 90% of some bond lines. In other words, some depending on which bond uh, and, and which... Um, Dating in the 10 years, five years, two years, they hold like 80 to 90%. They own the, this is the, this is the whole point of all of this now. This is encapsulating all this. The Bank of Japan owned more than 50% of all bonds issued from Japan. All the bonds ever issued, the Bank of Japan owns 50% of them. Huh. That's like eating your own arm because you're hungry. Yeah, well... It doesn't interesting. After a while, you run out of things to eat. Yeah, well, let alone finding a way to eat them. Yeah, exactly. So he, the the problem is the if the Bank of Japan is controlling their own bonds but yet it's getting away from them. That's a real problem that not a lot of people are talking about and that is a big concern. That that could you know, they'll stave it off for a while, but that's really something if they let that get away from them, there's way there's nothing they're going to be able to do. If all their threats and their firepower have not caused many to back off and it already caused major stress in their bonds, ah, it's just the same. Big problems. Big problems. Europe is now off the hook for a deep recession. Seemingly uh, miraculous that Europe now, they're even talking about not even going into recession. Somehow the country countries that are within the European bloc who have this massive cost for energy, involved in a potential war, consumer confidence that's in the toilet, somehow is better than we are here. How did that work? I don't know. But experienced its second warmest year on record in 2022. 
they said. So that's a big issue. And they're, you know, thinking that, uh, wow, we're going to have, we're going to have a big crop problem and we're going to have, you know, rivers that uh, continue to cause deaths and drying up and all this. And the big concern was natural gas pricing and oil with Russia related, of course. Now they said that Europe may not even enter in this in recession. So they have they, they have this idea that they're going to have a warm winter. They're going to have good crops. They're not going to need all the natural gas. Natural gas pricing goes down. There's not going to be a problem with Europe and Russia. So everything's just fine. Let the war go on. And maybe it'll be an economic boom somehow. Well, maybe. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow. Back to Davos for a moment. We're making the rounds outside of and inside of Europe. Climate activists uh, protested in Davos on Sunday against the role. Uh, this is the role of like thousands of, of private jets that flew into Davos so they can go to this event. They, they, that's what they were protesting. That they were protesting uh, all of this in a way. Yes, it says that um, they were concerned. The climate activists were concerned that uh, the. The big, big oil firms were hijacking the climate debate. So, so how does that Yeah, happen? they're concerned about that, the COP hijacking. event. Too. What? Say it again? Cop, the next COP is going to be run by an oil guy. Well, I, the, the, I don't, what I don't understand is, I, how is it that oil companies can hijack the debate. Does that mean they're winning and the climate activists are pissed off about it? Uh, maybe. It could be. Because if they can't hijack the debate, it's a debate. Have the debate. Just because they're getting time, they shouldn't have time. That's the point, right? No, that's the point. That's no, the they point. should be muzzled. Yes. So th- therefore, they're disagreeing, and that's no good. We don't want to hear from that. If they do hear from that, that's a bad thing because they're not telling the truth. Only we Liars. tell the truth. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think you summarized. Yeah. So they're saying, we are demanding concrete and real climate action, says Nicholas Sechrist, the 26-year-old organizer of the protest, who also has the Young Socialist Party in Switzerland. 26-year-old heading this thing. I mean, come on. Can we get a little bit more experience under our belt and maybe somebody not of the Young Socialists? <laughs> It, it it leaves it open to just stupidity. Just you can't, how do you how do you even believe something like that? It makes no sense to you. Well, well to me, but I guess no, for I mean, all those people that are, if that, you were a little, if you were a, a socialist, an old socialist, you'd be uh, throwing your fist in the air, saying, "Good for this guy." Good for this guy because we want. Well, I guess all those people that are not working are probably happy with all this. Let's continue to not work and let the world just somehow will be served by robots for free and get yeah. unlimited amount of funds through through uh through governmental largesse. And what is it what what are we calling it? What are we uh, universal basic UBI, universal basic income? Yeah. That sounds good. Free money. Yeah. So EV talk. So a lot of things happening in the EV market these days. We love EVs, 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 EVs. Everybody loves them. Oh, my God, the best car. Well, unless government subsidies aren't available and tax credits aren't really there and maybe interest rates are too high, then you know what? I don't know. Let's go back to regular gas cars, you know? So 
Tesla has slashed prices uh, globally on electric vehicles as much as 20%. So it extended an aggressive discounting effort and challenging rivals. That was a big deal. They did this Friday, and uh, Ford GM were down pretty hard. They actually were down pretty hard, too, on Friday and popped up. Tesla lowered the price across the United States and Europe and the Middle East and Africa following a series of cuts last week in Asia. And what uh, analyst says is a clear shot at both smaller rivals that have been bleeding cash on legacy automakers. Now, here's what's interesting. I mean, demand is slowing down. There's no question about that. But in the most recent um, tax bill, that 1.7%, uh, seven, no, no, it wasn't that one. The uh, Inflation Reduction Act bullshit, right? That one? Yeah. There was something about, you know, hey, we're restoring tax credits. And Tesla, for example, got a restoration of tax credits availability. But- we're limiting the price. So you can't get, you know, a tax credit on a $200,000 car, EV. It's got to be an economy car of some sort. So Tesla took the prices down significantly to be within that range so you can still get the tax credit. So the Model 3 and the Model Y crossover SUV were between 6 and 20% price reductions. Um, the basic Model Y now costs 52000 down from 65000 and that, that's before the $7,500 U.S. federal tax credit. Now, just as a refresher, just as a refresher, uh, the difference between a tax deduction and a tax credit, right? That's a big difference. Tax, yes. du tax deduction, you just, you just say, okay, I made $100,000 minus my deduction of $5,000. I made $95,000. That's what I get taxed on. A tax credit is okay. I made a hundred thousand dollars. Here's my tax of uh, ten grand. Take seventy five hundred right off my taxes. I just wipe it off my taxes. Yeah. So a tax credit is a much better deal. Yeah, it's dollar almost dollar. depending, but it's at least twice as valuable. Yeah. How am I doing for a guy with uh, uh, a terrible head cold? You're doing fine. Pretty good. Not Adam level, <laughs> but fine. No, Adam's unbelievable. <laughs> He can be he can be in his deathbed. He well, he like can't a, be in his tooth deathbed though. <laughs> well, if he's got teeth, he can do the yeah, job. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. The only thing that stops that's like that's like his kryptonite. It's like the tooth tonight. The only thing that stops Adam is the loss of teeth or new teeth, for that matter. And I think he can get through that too. He just won't admit it. Mm. Uh, China just released a population report, and uh, China's population. Fell last year for the first time since 1961. A historic turn that is expected to mark the start of a long period of population decline. You ever notice that? You know, once you get to that point, it's been declining for a while. Well, I should say it's population increases have been slowing for a while. That's a better way to say it. Look at this chart, China population. See that first one? Yeah, let me take a look. So this one's really interesting. So if you look at... Uh, where do we start the decline? I would say, what, 1990, right? Well, you could, you could go back further, but 1990 is a good, 1985. But this is the first time since 1961 they actually had a, a negative number. And this was with the restatement of, remember the one-child uh, rule? Yeah. They, they, they changed that a few years ago. There's something very suspicious about these stories. They, like, uh, one guy going around promoting the idea that China's in a, in a death spiral. And then all of a sudden, the New York Times comes out with this stuff about this particular situation as if it's like 
totally unexpected. And it's going to mark the beginning of the end. I'm not convinced. You know what I think this is? I think this is COVID. It could be. It could also be COVID. Yeah, I think that they, they, they first of all, they say that only 60,000 people died. We know that's probably hogwash, you know, re, re, yeah. with, with like 100%, uh, a crippling 100% rate of uh, infection there. But, you know, whatever the conspiracy might be that of, of the day, the fact is that this uh, really started to hit hard. Th- there's two parts of the COVID discussion. One is maybe there's COVID deaths. That, put that aside for a second. The other one is this is a country that lived during COVID. You got to wonder how many people were all shot up about having sex and having a child in the COVID years. So therefore, not procreating back in 2020, 21, and 22. It's not like yeah. the Chicago blackout, where if you trace that back, an enormous yeah, amount a, of births nine months later. Yeah, people having sex in the elevator. <laughs> right? You remember those days? Oh, yeah. Uh, here's also another one, the lowest birth rate on record, which then again uh, starts to go into, if you look at the years there to a degree, um, what I talked about, about the low birth rates. which, But again, it's fascinating because they they, they canceled some of this. There was some specialized... I think you had to be approved for it, but you got at least you could, you could do two kids per family. I think these charts are pretty interesting. I mean, first China is going to take over the world. Remember that? that that's a big yeah. thing, right? China's going to take over the world. Now, with these two things, it's not confirmed yet because I think India only does their population numbers once every few years. So here's what's interesting is. Uh, it may make India the most populous country in the world now. Yeah, India is supposed to pass up China, but they were supposed to pass them up anyway. Have you been to India? No, it's the one country I haven't been to. I kept, I the reason I never went to India because I went through that long period of time when I was writing a lot and working for rich publishers who were sending me everywhere. And it was always promised I was going to go to India uh, you know, and there's going to be someone's going to ship me over there. I'm going to get to get to go to India, and then never, for some two places I never got to go was India and Scotland, and uh, so now I never went. Mm. Uh, I I have a friend there right now. Actually, he's sending back pictures uh, all the time. He's on a, some kind of a CFA tour, giving some speeches. Uh, let's see earnings: J.P. Morgan, Citibank, Bank America, all beat estimates, which usually is the case. But business slowed precipitously from a year ago. City net profit came to $2.5 billion or $1.16 per share for the three months ending December 31st. Compared to, so it was $2.5 billion. This quarter, a year ago, was $3.2 billion. Mm-hmm. And this quarter was $1.16. A year ago, was $1.46. That's a big slowdown. J.P. Morgan said, uh, actually, Jamie Dimon said, we do not know the ultimate effect of the headwinds coming from geopolitical tensions, including the war in Ukraine, the vulnerability state of energy and the vulnerable state of energy and food supplies, persistent inflation, and the unprecedented quantitative tightening. This is the thing that nobody really is, is getting into because it's very difficult to discern or even try to put a number on this. Like, how the hell? I sent a note out to some people today. I said, you know, the, the Fed is going to go through the quantitative tightening process, which is a reversal of the creation of money with the 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 taking that back uh, from, you know, the record high of $8.5 billion. Uh, 
they have no idea how to do this. They haven't done this before. Nobody has done this before in a very significant way because what happened was when they first started doing this, you know, it was a, just a, a, a total disaster. So they had to stop and they started buying again. And then, then they started doing it again and then they had to stop because COVID came. They started buying like 10 times the amount. Went from $4 trillion to $8 trillion in a matter of months. See, I think they've, they've painted themselves into a corner here. They did. They did. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. Moynihan and Diamond talked about recession last week. WFC, we know they're pulling the mortgage business, except for people that they know. Goldman Sachs, outlook terrible. Expenses rise. Misses on both top and bottom stock down 8%. That was today. Yeah, what was going on there? Uh, they just they they it, it, if you look at Morgan Stanley and you look at uh, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs continued on the path that they always do, which is uh, brokerage uh, trading, uh, deals, uh, bonds. You know what they've done, right? You know they're they're major deal firm. Uh, Morgan Stanley has switched it up over the last couple of years. While they do a lot of that, they also do and put in wealth management. Their wealth management division is one that continues to create and 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 um, provide for uh, consistent income streams over over the years because you, mm. you know they get payments on on their on their uh, work versus Goldman Sachs only gets paid when there's a deal. So the difference is deal slowdown, Goldman Sachs doesn't make that money. Just putting in the most simplistic forms here. Morgan Stanley deal slowdown, it doesn't matter. Morgan Stanley markets are bad. They have a reduction in their income from fees from the wealth management division, but they're still making money. Yeah. So that's the big differential there. Mega Millions, did you play, by the way? No, never. Well, the odds are, because I, I figured out the odds, and the odds are if I play, they're one thing, and if I don't play, it's the same. So you, you never play it at all? You know people that play it? No. Every time I see somebody playing, I'm like, oh, come on, don't. Please don't. My wife keeps wanting to play. She wanted to play during this billion-dollar thing. And I mean, then she says, it's I don't know how to play. And I said, good. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Do you have a $10? Let her play, for God's sakes. First rhyme ever winner from Maine. One person won. They get uh, $1.35 in annuity, Twenty, I think 20 years, or maybe it's a little bit more. Uh, or they could choose $723 million in cash after taxes, about $500 million, I figure. If they put yeah, in short. That. You know, the, the amount is so high per year, I take the annuity. Normally, you always want the buyout, right? Usually, you would, yes. But this number is so high, I take the whole thing, take it slowly, you know, and then I, get, I think you can hand it off to your children. Yeah, you can. Yeah, or you can put it on short term treasuries and you get about $20 million per year before taxes. Yeah. And keep the principal. Perfect. Mm-hmm. 20 million. I mean, that's good. You could be, is this enough to buy groceries? Right. Amazon is instant, interestingly going head to head with Shopify. It's going to, there's two stories here that are really pretty fascinating here. Amazon is going to roll out a feature at the end of January that allows online merchants outside its platform to use the e-commerce giant's payment and delivery services as, as it takes on some competition. So it's going to be called Buy With Prime, which is launched as an invite-only offering. Um, and 
what's interesting is now they're starting to use some of their platform that they have really locked down well from a technology, from a usability standpoint, and now allowing others to use part of it, which is yeah. kind of what they did with AWS, right? Yeah, AWS was what happened. They had, you know, they, they developed this, uh, this uh, database uh, user shipping system that was, could be uh, scaled. It was designed to be scaled anyway. So, well, hell, let's just scale it to the max and then the other people use it. Yeah. So they probably feel the same way about their warehousing and delivery services. Right. So now Walmart is striking a deal with Salesforce to sell more of its tech to other retailers. So on Thursday, it announced the deal that Salesforce is going to ramp up sales of its Go Local delivery service, which drops off purchases at customers' doors and store assist, which helps employees more quickly and accurately pick and pack orders for curbside pickup and delivery. So now, very similar story here, right? Using uh, some of your internal special sauce and allowing others to use it to now maybe dig up and find some other income sources, which in a way is kind of cool. In a way, it smells to hell of of desperation. That's an interesting take on it. I'm, hmm. I can't see them being desperate, though. I mean, they're just trying to boost earnings any way they can in a downward uh, environment for for retail. Yeah, maybe that's all it is. Yeah. The, the, the proof will be in the long-term pudding. Yeah. I mean, AWS turned out to be a really good deal. I mean, the most profitable part of Amazon. Yeah, it turns out to be, yeah, it turns out that the systems are what make them most of their money. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to rewind to what we talked about last week with chat GPT. Have you tried this thing yet? No. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm relying on you to do so. New York, New York, and uh, New York and Seattle, Washington have placed bans on the tool at the middle and high school levels. Why? Because people, so kids go and saying, Write a report on prehistoric mammals and the impact on the environment. They wait a minute and they get something they printed out. Yeah. Gotta love that. Oh, God. I mean, make them write their, their essays in class. Yeah. So they're the, gonna have to change the educational system. Yes, they are. When I, I talk about this on No Agenda. When I was a kid in college, mm-hmm. University of California, Berkeley, mm. you had to write these essays in a blue book. Live in person. Well, which is, you know, you buy these little blue books, they cost like 25 cents or 15 cents. I forget what they cost. But you'd write the things that in live in real time. So you can't do that with chat GPT. But they don't do, the, you know, they stopped doing all that kind of thing, you know, years ago. Live in person essay writing. And I, they have to go back to that, which means they have to change the educational system because kids can't, A, they can't write with longhand, they can't do it. They don't know how to, mm-hmm. and they can't read longhand either. So they can't do anything. I mean, they're, they're hopeless. Uh, they can't read or write, literally. I mean, they can read a book, and they can write on a word processor. They could possibly create large classrooms that have word processors in them. It just you know, disabled computers that do nothing but word processing. I suppose that would work. But this is a problem. I mean, this is a problem. I mean, already. Higher learning institutions like colleges and universities are not like right now going with the ban, but now teachers need to have a solution 
to come up with a way to scan the documents that are handed into them to see if, in fact, it has, I don't know, the fingerprints of, a, of an AI on it. Yeah, there's a number of tools out there for that already. Well, there's a number of tools already for for checking for um, plagiarism. I remember. Yeah, there are. No, there's tools <clears throat> for checking for the, the chat AI or chat GPT, whatever you want to call it. It is uh, has identifiers that that these tools can spot and within a certain percentage, as long as the document is big enough. So you know, I remember when I, I wrote my first book, <clears throat> the uh, publisher put it through a plagiarism check. And uh, they get back, there was two hits. And they're like, oh, you got a big problem. You got two plagiarism hits. I'm like, what, let me, could I see them? What, what are we, what are, how is that possible? Okay. It, it hit because it was on my website, a piece I wrote on the website. You follow what I'm oh, saying? That's funny. It you plagiarized back. yourself. I plagiarized myself. <laughs> yeah, so funny. Uh, between Harvard, Yale, the University of Rhode Island, and other schools, over 6,000 teachers have signed up for chatbot detection. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We talked about, uh, we talked about the, you know, the thing you would do, I, just to go back to this yeah. for a second. I'm yeah, thinking yeah. of as a, as a, as a sneaky student, uh, what you could do is you write, you have the chat GPT, write the essay for you. Uh, and then you'd run it through at least two of these detectors mm -hmm. and then you see what the detector spotted. And then you just correct those errors and you just do a little fine tuning of the final report, which takes probably less time than it would take to write the whole thing, and then turn that in. And what are they going to do? They can't spot anything. So what's the You're point of go. even going to school at this, at this point? So you can learn how to cheat. Oh, I see. Learn how to not work but get work Haven't product you done. Follow this FTX guy. I mean, you know. So you want to basically. Learn how to look like you're working hand in product, but this don't do anything exactly to do it. Exactly the, the modern ethos. You got it. You nailed it. Yeah. 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 Look like you're working by, you know, on, on your computer. You know, look busy head down. But what you're really doing is either playing a game or somehow you have fake hands typing while you're on your phone. Sounds good. Ugh, gross. Uh, well, if you are a working person or out of work, if you feel that we've shamed you, made you feel guilty or just some kind, just maybe even motivated you to go back to work and actually do something. And then that's going to that's going to actually turn into a major raise. It's going to turn into a, to a to a title change. It's going to turn into a very successful outcome. You can thank us by donating to DHMplug.com. You can go over to the website. You can do a lot of different ways on the chat on the bottom of the chat. Uh, just go over there and there's a little button that says donate and uh, please do so. It's, it's an important part of uh, what we do here is to have you involved. It makes us feel good. And making yeah, us feel good is, should good be the idea. Mission. Yeah. They should make us yeah. feel good. Don't you think? I think that somebody out there, somebody's got to made some money listening to this show or gotten a raise or something. Thanks so. to something we said. I would think so. You know, uh, I was listening. This is just a side note. It just made me think of this. Uh, I was listening to some guy. I forgot what. He was in like a parliament. He was uh, he was somewhere. Maybe in England or Australia. I don't remember. You may have seen it. But he, but he started his conversation. He was really just pissed off about climate change concept and all this. And he talked about woke. Wokeism. The word woke. Yeah. What is the meaning of the word woke? Which is 
it's one of those squishy words that I find at least. It's, it's a lot of different meanings to a lot of different people. But he gave a definition that I'm like, oh, 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 oh. He said very simply, tell me what you think about this because I know that you guys are on this. At no Agenda, by the way, is on Thursdays and Sundays at, uh, what is still 2 p.m., right? We Eastern. 2 p.m. Eastern, yes, on, uh, on, on each and every uh, Thursday and Sunday. Woke is uh, the, the concept where feelings matter more than facts. That's an interesting definition. I thought that was kind of cool. Made a lot of sense to me. It's all about how you feel about something. You know, when I first met my wife, one of the things she would say was, uh, you hurt my feelings. I'm like, what the hell of feelings anyway? I mean, what did I hurt? <laughs> what I said? I hurt your feelings. You know, well, what, that's what actually an interesting little digression. You know, what are hurt feelings? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Did and you get to a, I'm surprised she didn't get punched in the gut. Surprised she married me. Stayed married to me. And she would, she would say things like, you know, you hurt my, uh, you hurt my cooking feelings. I'm like, Oh God, this is, this is burnt. Oh, you hurt my cooking feelings. I'm like, what? You've, you have, you now you have different feeling components. It's burnt. <laughs> <laughs> Supposed to be burned. Oh, and by the way, I threw a hell of a, a hell of a, uh, a party this weekend. Yeah. It was Asian inspired. Wow. Started with, I'll just say one thing. Started with the drinks. The drinks were a soju uh, lychee martini. That was number Ooh. one. The second drink was good. a uh, Japanese single, uh, single barrel whiskey. Uh, it was called a... Uh, 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 shit. I don't remember the name. It was a, it was a, a Manhattan. There's a, there's a bunch of it. really, Smoked they win a lot of international oh, awards. Those whiskeys, so but the dinner was outrageous. Uh, let's get over to, uh, let's get over to the, uh, talking about the, uh, the game. Why don't we, why don't we do that? This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz Company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discussed in the segment along with the performance information from the date discussed as well as any additional important disclosures. Uh, you, well, take, you take this. Everything's green except for two shorts. So that's a good sign. Uh, the two shorts are Home Depot, which I believe is one of yours, mm -hmm. and Foot Locker, which I think is also one of yours. It is one of mine. And both of them were beaten to death. They're down 7 and 6% respectively. Mm -hmm. And uh, who knows why that happened. Yep. You also have uh, picked a uh, one other short, which is actually up. The rest of this stuff's all up. It's no no shorts that are up except for the one. Yep. Uh, Medtronic is still on there. It's barely up, but it's up 4%, but it's like three years old. FVC Bank Corp is still up 85%. Kellogg's up 17. PepsiCo's up 3.5. iShares up 17. Moderna is up 24. That was a good pick. 4% uh, for energy transfer, which is going to go up eventually. Electrocore, uh, Decker's Outdoor, and Crane Shares. Electrocore had a big day today. I think it was up 27%. Which one? Electrocore, by the end of the day. Rocketed. Oh. I don't know what it says there. 
I have one picked uh, based insiders and bottom feeding. Okay, insiders slash bottom, bottom feeding. feeding. Okay. Clear channel. What is that? What, CCL? No. I think it's CC. CCC. Yeah. Yeah. CCC. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. I got to look it up too. I had it, but then it got. Clear channel stock. It is CCO. Yeah. Yeah, CCO. Clear channel holdings. Buck and a half. Clear channel. Oh, tower holdings. Wait a minute. Clear channel. Buck and a half. Clear channel. Oh, yes. Dollar 33 today. So let's see here. What did I say was CCO? All right. That's long, right? You're going long that? Yes, yes. Okay, let's take this. A little put a leeway on there of a stop, fifty percent. Wow. Well, I'll make it forty. 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 Okay, and then this is the price here. Buy here, six thirty-eight. I have nothing. I feel didn't feel like coming up with something. Well, you're sick. I you know. can't make a choice when you're sick. You make a mistake. One slash eighteen twenty-three. That's our first pick for twenty-three. I think, yeah. Unless something came no, up. You already. picked you picked a crane oil or something. Oh no, you didn't. You pick something last week. K Web, but it was. Oh yeah, you're right. That was. Uh, uh, I just have the wrong date on here. One slash eleven. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yep, 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 yep. One eleven twenty three. Yep, that's right. You're right. All right, that's all I got. Okay, we'll talk again next Tuesday. I hope you get better. I shall. You will. Thank you so much. By then, you better by yeah. then. Thanks. Bye. Uh, and we'll... Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, see you next week. Adios. All right, bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint, I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care, no millionaire can give me the ice stack, cause I got a dollar, my last dollar bill. Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.